Welcome to the Mom Worthy Podcast. This is Brittany. This is Sam. This is Cassie. Grab your coffee or your wine and come hang out with us as we talk to Erica from TaylorMade Budgets. Hello. Hello, Erica. Yes, we made it. (laughs) (laughs) How are you doing this morning? I am good, and on my end, it has been a full morning already, so um, it's good to be here. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. We're excited to chat with you. We think that our listeners will love what you have to say. Can, Erica, can you introduce yourself to our followers so they know what you're all about and what you do and where they can find you? Absolutely. So I'm Erica Young. My business is TaylorMade Budgets, and I'm a financial coach. I've been doing this work for 14 years, and you can find me on TaylorMateBudgets.com. And I also have a seven-day money challenge that's free, and that is a good way for you to get to know how I do business and, you know, how you can make some financial strides quickly and um, make a difference in your money matters right away. So that's the seven-day money challenge.com. That's awesome. So we have a few topics that we'd love to discuss with you, um, like the vital money conversations every couple must have for marital success, how to talk to your kids about finances and have them listen, and emotional spending is ruining your life and what to do about it. Um, So with the vital money conversations every couple must have for marital success, I know personally that's something that me and my husband we don't always agree upon with how to spend money and, and how to manage that. So kind of what, what are your thoughts on that? Yes. So I will say that when we're in a couple relationship, we have to take into account needs and their wants. But I think where it begins is with shared goals. It's just making certain that you are heading in the same direction. You will never see eye to eye, but as long as the long in the long-term goal where you're trying to get to as a team is a similar place. And so right now, today, in one month, you know, sometimes you're going to differ. And that is real because we're not the same person. Um, but if you have a long-term vision for your shared goals, that's really helpful. So when I talk to people about how to compromise or how to make something that everybody gets a little of what they want, you have to actually understand your spouse or your teammate um, or your significant other in a way that helps to understand what their, you know, their pain points are, what they, where their heartbeat is, what they're super excited about, what doesn't matter to them financially. Um, because if you can hone in on their sweet spot, like, you know, what is it that they really want? that they will break the budget to get, you might as well have a conversation about how that can happen, how often it can happen, that can you reduce the spending there, but it still have something in the budget around that item. That would be helpful because to say, oh, we're going to be on a budget and this is what we're doing and no one gets any of what they want because you're so strict, no one wins in that scenario. And so for me, for many years, my must have in the budget was to have my hair done. That was a thing. <laughs> um, and if, if we had said, okay, forget it. You're not getting your hair done this month. We're going to go all in and all of that money is going to go towards that repayment when we were trying to get out of debt. I would have at some point, week three, three and a half, broke the budget to mm-hmm. get my hair done because that's important to me. Mm-hmm. And so 
one of the things is to figure out how often you have to go. And so I ended up starting to go every six weeks instead of every four weeks. I ended up learning how to do my own hair and get the right products and that kind of thing so that it wasn't so often and um, saving us a lot of money and and then being respectful of the shared goals that we have long term. And for some people, it's recreational activities. For lots of families, it's that dining out category. Um, mm-hmm. it's, you know, I still want to be able to live life, but I don't want to um, overspend. And, you know, in those scenarios, I say it's always good to use cash as well um, to put some healthy boundaries around your spending and making certain that you stay on the same page with the person that you spend your life with. And um, so that it doesn't cause a lot of friction to, to get the job done. I think that's part of the important thing to remember is that we're not trying to, um, you know, break down the walls of communication. We're really trying to figure out how we can come together and be a better, stronger team as, as, as a couple. Definitely. So communication and compromise is very important. It sounds Yeah. Like. And being vocal about what it is is super important to you and understanding that you got to respect that from your, you know, the person that, you know, you care the most about. What was your husband's extra thing that he had to have? Yours was hair. What was his? <laughs> well, you know what? Um, years ago, my husband liked clothes like he still does. But there were times when he just was, he really likes clothes. And for a man, that's a little unusual. Um, he li- and, and not to say, like, he likes nice stuff. <laughs> so he started getting into the Kenneth Cole shoes, which are not cheap. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we had to figure out, like, how much to spend that made sense and when. And so we, we started actually doing a little bit more clothing shopping when he would get his commission checks versus on the regular monthly um, budget, because we didn't want it to affect our daily monthly life. And so that's, that was one of his things. And while we were getting out of debt, my husband, he's a good dude. He's a good guy. He um, worked a second job at the men's warehouse to um, kind of pay for some of the extra stuff that he wanted. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that, but he was. And he, because he loves clothes, it didn't feel so much like work either. But th- that helped us when we were trying to get out of debt. Huh, that's a good idea, though, to like compromise. If you want to do something extra, maybe work an extra side job, side hustle, yeah. or something to bring in that extra money. Absolutely. And it shows how bad you want it. And it shows how committed you are to the process as well. And it probably makes you be more cognizant of your choices of what you truly want to buy because you're having to work extra for those. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's good for both parties to see. Um, I, I respected that about him and I know it took him away from our family and our little ones, but you know, one, it was, it was an interest of his. He liked to outfit men's clothing and help people look good. And then the other part of it is that I didn't feel Um, Like he was taken away from the household when he went and bought the suits and built up his wardrobe like that was acceptable to me. Like in that in that regard, I I totally respected the fact that he was willing. Yeah, absolutely. And I see here that you guys climbed your way out of a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. Yes, yes, it was. It was a big hole. I mean, and honestly, for a lot of families, this is normal now. Like this was 20 years ago when he and I, we got married 21 years ago and um, we started out with $60,000 in debt. And with each child, we got a new car, not a new car, but a new to us car. 
And so that's how it climbed. It's super easy to buy a twenty or $30,000 vehicle, and it's not even brand new nowadays. Um, so that was a big deal for us. And um, we it, it was taking a lot of our disposable income. We were spending over $1,000 per month in payments on our student loans, on our credit cards, and on those two cars. And so when you start to add it up that, that my debt, payments are as large as my house payment or as large as my child care, then you start to realize this is really not okay. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, we actually polled our followers once on that. We had a lot that said they were over a hundred thousand dollars. in And now nowadays it's really not uncommon for most of that to be student loan debt. Um, yeah. Our student loan debt was about 42,000 plus. Um, and a lot of people are getting into student loan debt way in way higher amounts than that. And, and that's the scary part is that, you know, I don't, I don't advocate ba- bankruptcy, but that the one thing that people think is that, you know, student loans are um, the good debt or it's getting you to a higher level. But the problem is, is that it's not even bankruptable. So, so when you think about, is this good debt, quote unquote, or bad debt? Sure. The interest rate is low, but you'll never be able to get rid of that thing. So, um, you have to be really careful. And the one thing I would say to any parents out there is to be very mindful of, you know, are um, taking on in terms of student loan debt, because that's something that they can never get away from unless they pay it off. Mm. That's something that I think a lot of kids should know prior to even starting school because people always said take out student loans you can get through school and I'm one of those people who have a significant amount of money in student loans and you're right you cannot get rid of them and even with the forgiveness programs that are out there it's just it's almost impossible. I will tell you that I've been in business for 14 years and I've worked with over 350 clients individually and I have given them the resources in programs and I have yet to have someone come back and say, I got it. They forgave it for me. That mm-hmm. is of concern to me. I would rather, and this is what I obviously, because my husband and I are trying to do this and, and stick with remaining out of debt, when he went back to get his master's degree, he did so with a company that would pay for it. So he had his master's degree about 90% paid for. And so I typically encourage people, if you want to go back to school, make certain that you find a company that will actually pay for you to do so. Um, and and it is a little bit of indentured servitude. Like you probably got to stay with the company for two more years after you get the master's. But yeah. since that's worth it, because oh. it, it it keeps you from a thirty or $40,000 student loan bill. Um, so we have to think outside the box on how we look at the education system and how do we take our kids through that? So um, think outside the box on that one, I would say for sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So what about talking to your kids? Like Kathy talked upon, like she wishes she knew before taking out that debt, you know, that there was other ways to maybe go about it. 
how do you suggest talking to kids about that subject? And when to start the conversation also? Yeah, so I think it's age appropriate. I think, you know, when they're young, it's really just letting them know that there's work and reward and how do you, um, when you clean your room or when you help out or when you empty the dishwasher as you get older, that these things you can um, be paid for. You go negotiate how much you want to give to your kids. Um, and, And then as they get older, being able to give them a certain amount on a regular basis. When my daughter started driving, I gave her a certain amount in her account on a regular basis, in addition to when she worked. Um, But she had to manage that. So she had to get gas and she wanted to go for ice cream with her friends and things like that. And so I wanted to make certain that she was budgeting her own small amount at the age of 16 with her debit card. And we all mess up. Like my my 16-year-old, she had an overdraft on her account one time. And so she learned that lesson and didn't do it again. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's better when you're under your parents' roof and it's not your rent money at the age of 25 that's bouncing, right? (laughs) So I'd rather her learn those lessons under my roof. And as I get into looking at college, um, helping them to manage their expectations, I think that's huge. One of the things that I said to my daughter um, before she started college, she's a freshman in college, or she's actually officially a rising uh, sophomore, um, is that we don't have $100,000 for you to go to college. Sure, we have set ourselves up to where we did save something, but no, 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 let's be clear. (laughs) We can't send you to a private school because we won't have any money for your sister and you still probably won't have all of it paid for if you went to a private school. So we managed that expectation up front and we encouraged her in her junior and senior year to look for scholarships, programs that provide provided scholarships and things of that nature when she and I allowed her one of the biggest things that we did we allowed her to apply to one of her schools of choice that was a private school and let her see the difference between the in-state tuition and that private school education and she was flabbergasted her mouth was open she was like I really didn't know like when you said it that's one thing But when I saw the financial aid packet come back is when I realized, because she did get a scholarship, but it actually, the scholarship made it in-state tuition cost. Mm -hmm. And and so she saw, she was like, wow, okay, (laughs) now I get it. She did end up choosing that in-state college and it's about 80, 90% paid for with her scholarships. And that's super reasonable. Like we are completely happy with that. Um, But I think managing the expectations, I tell people all the time, if your student isn't really sure what they want to do, if funds are limited in your house or you're still paying off your debt, it is completely fine to have them begin to consider um, the options that are at community colleges and things like that, because students can go to a community college for $4,000 a year versus $20,000 at a university in state. And so that is a tremendous savings. And then they can actually transfer into uh, one of the major universities and you will have saved tens of thousands of dollars. And so I think that that is a good strategy for some parents to consider as well, um, because, you know, I think we really get into a lot of parental peer pressure. It, it just feels good to say that your kid goes to this major university 
statement costing thousands of dollars? That's the question I would have for any parent that's looking to push their kid into a university either before they're ready or if they can't afford it. So, um, so, you know, just I think for everyone is to manage the expectation and then also to be wise ahead of time before you make those decisions. Yeah, good advice. Definitely something to think about. Yeah. What would you say? I mean, I know a lot of times, especially for me, like I was I was semi warned like by my parents, like this is a lot of money. You're going to have to pay this all back. Like it's not just money given to you. It's not just um, a number. I think you just see exactly. it as a number. Okay. Especially at that young age. Like yeah. you're 18 years old. You just got out of high school. It's like, I want to go to college and have that college experience. Like what would you tell to those kids that are like. So, yeah, they want the college oh, experience. Just, yeah. Because yeah. uh, it's different. Your college, you don't get that college exactly. experience. Absolutely. You can experience. The question is, do you need to get it for four years in a row? And are you willing to work? So I just seniors a week ago um, regarding their and I actually laid out a budget for them. You know, I have a bunch of different talks that I might do to different audiences with this one talk and there and I realized I have to give them the reality of their choices. And so we went through a budget. I wanted them to see what it looks like to pay rent, utilities, groceries, all of that kind of stuff in addition to having a student loan mm-hmm. and that $40,000 student loan, which is the average or around 37,000 is what the average student comes out of college with nowadays. There's a month that is taken away from you. Um, mm-hmm. And so they can see the reality and that that if they don't get aggressive will last for 10 years. And so then on top of that, that they're paying an extra 10 plus thousand dollars in interest in that time frame so that they can see it. And a lot of the times, and it's sad to say that a lot of, you know, the guidance counselors and the financial aid officers at the universities don't go through that and walking into, they don't let them see the reality. If you take a semester, what that then adds up to and what your life be like in terms of making that payment. And I have found a lot of they are their mouth is open. They're like, oh really? <laughs> it's one thing to say, oh, five thousand dollars here, five thousand dollars there, but when you realize that over the course of four years that turns into forty thousand dollars, you're like, oh, and I got to pay this back. I get plenty of twenty-two year olds calling me saying, "What do I do?" And I say, yeah. well, "You've got to pay it." I mean, yeah. there is no magic formula. You, you need to pay it. And they're concerned because no one told them. They didn't add it up and no one told them and educated them on what that looks like. And so I like to use my personal experience. First of all, you can get out. The hope of this situation is that the good college is that hopefully you can afford to pay off your loans and then, you know, subsequently live the life you want to live, but also the ways of making this happen so that you get through school in a healthy way. Um, and so yeah. to know if, if you, you know, work over the dollars that that can go towards your education. Yeah, definitely. It's important. I think that you're so right about that. Kids in high school don't realize the types of um, payments they have to make every month when they're living on their own. And it's just numbers. So it's definitely something that's important to talk to high schoolers especially about absolutely 
Um, so I just wanted to backtrack really quick. When you put your daughter on a budget when she was 16, like, how did she feel about that? How did she react to having X amount of money to spend? And You know what? At first, they're excited. Because they're like, oh my gosh, I get money on an every day, you know, on a, on a every two week basis. I'm like, oh, cool. Um, it's like you would have check. I mean, because that's what will happen when they go get a job. They will get on a routine basis getting their money. But on the first and 15th, and that's how you get your money. Because um, she's like, yes, awesome. And actually, my daughter, my youngest, is actually asking for hers right now. And I'm like, you don't have a car. You're not driving. This isn't. But I have to, you know, also stick with that with her. So at first they're excited because they're like, yeah, I've got money of my own. I don't have to ask them for stuff. And then they begin to realize that those ice creams add up and gas is $25 to fill up the car and et cetera, et cetera. And so they begin to realize that they have to manage it better. Or even at school, they can swipe their debit cards at school and get a muffin. And I had my daughter add that up one time and she actually spent $30 in in two months on crap at school. Um, And I said, these are things that I can provide groceries for and you can save. Swiping her card at school had become normal and she didn't realize that that's what she was doing. And so excited and then they kind of shift and they realize oh and then I have to as a parent stick with my guns and say guess what you're not getting anymore so if you spent your money that's it you can go out with your friends you don't have to buy five dollars on ice cream <laughs> you know yeah. and, and so then they start realizing it and um, I'm really thankful and you know, they already know they're sick of hearing about budgets <laughs> that's not <laughs> true but the good news, my oldest is in, um, she's actually in France right now. Ooh. Yes, on a study abroad program. And she, when she worked this semester, she was saving and saving and saving because that she, while she was there and she, you know, made certain to sock away as much as she could. But um, she was very diligent about that because she knew that she couldn't ask us for a thousand dollars to go to Paris. <laughs> she knew that. So um, that was, you know, I started to see the fruit of deposit. Yeah, paying off. Yeah. 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 Good job. <laughs> we'll see. I still got another one. <laughs> I feel like that muffin conversation leads us into the next conversation that we want to have which is emotional spending like she was emotionally spending to buy muffins that's right um, so and it's ruining your life and what do you do about it yes well honestly we all have it to be honest with you um the the truth is is that I kind of did some emotional spending yesterday I really could have decided not to have this meal or go out to eat and do this but um I mentally just could not handle cooking <laughs> um mm-hmm. we yeah. all have to realize that um it does play a part and for those who emotionally spend if you use cash like honestly it is absolutely best if you use cash because once it's gone that's very very finite um and if you have a 20 dollar bill in your hand you're gonna second guess whether or not you want to get rid of it 
Mm-hmm. But if you have your debit card, it's super easy to swipe and we have less emotional attachment. And there have been studies done that show our, our blood pressure rise. We start to sweat. We get a little nervous when we hand over cash money as opposed to just swiping the card. There's an emotional, a physical response to that. It's because we don't really want to get rid of it. And we're, you know, trying to think about, does this make sense? Um, and so it, using cash is a really great way to ward our, off the emotional spending and, and to be committed to using cash. Um, the other thing though, I tell my clients all the time, if you go and you go shopping and you buy all this stuff, cause I've had people who fell off the wagon and decided, okay, I gotta go shopping. And they spent a couple hundred bucks on clothes. The first thing I say to them is, do you need all of that? Do you want all of that? Do you love everything you bought? Is this something you're going to keep? Because you still have time to return this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and a lot of times just being asked the question, they're like, you know, I don't need this. I don't need this. This I absolutely love. And so I'll keep that. And then they're taking back half of what they bought because they do realize that it was an emotional response. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay to check yourself after the fact and say, it's not too late to make a different decision. Um, If you overspend on dining out, it's also at that point, not too late to say, okay, I'm done for the week. Literally the next seven days we are eating in and I'm going to make certain that we have something on hand, sandwiches, salads, soups, whatever it is that's easy so that we can make a, a, a decision at home versus outside the home. And so regrouping, and is a big part of making certain that that doesn't continue long-term. Yeah, that's my, honestly, my biggest struggle is eating out. I love, I like, not even just, like, I like the experience. I like that I don't have to make it. It's the same, anything that it tastes better. Like, you don't have to clean it up. I don't have to clean it up. Yeah, it's the convenience. It's just, yeah, that's my And the, the thing that I always say, too, and the thing i say dining out too is how much and how often so i never allow my clients to say oh i never eat out or we won't eat out for this whole month like that's completely unrealistic you're delusional if you think that that's going to happen so let's put something in there and then ask the question how much and how often So first, you have to think about where are you going to eat? What are your places that you love? Is it a sit down? Is it drive through? Is it quick service? What is it? And so then that tells you how much and then how often are you going? So if you were going every single week, maybe it's not that you say I'm not going to go at all. Maybe you just say I'm going, you know, if I'm going every single week versus every two weeks, that's a big difference in money. And so you're not saying no, you're just restricting a little bit and then it makes it taste even better because it's like oh I haven't been here in two weeks (laughs) so that's one of the things that I look at is don't say no just say how much and how often and then have that to align with the goals that you have set yeah (laughs) self-discipline very important before the month begins or before you spend any money be intentional about it. I love it. Do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for our podcaster listeners? Anything that we missed that they just need to know to help them? 
Yes. So my business is called Tailor Made Budgets. And the reason is because I feel like the budget is the heartbeat. The budget actually, you know, it affects every single part of our lives. We can't eat without, you know, knowing what's in our budget. Our income is all obviously a part of it, but keeping a roof off our head and electricity. If you are intentional with a budget, and you make it your own, it can be your tool to financial freedom because you'll find ways to save money. And we regroup and do some things differently so that you can the point to your financial goals. You're making room, you're making um, some space for you to have more money to go towards your long-term goals. Either it's getting out of debt, saving some money, or having a future. So the budget is what helps you do that. And it can be your friend if you yeah absolutely and I think a lot in this day and age too a lot of marital problems happen when you are in financial stress so managing your budget just makes your life happier in a lot of ways absolutely absolutely having a plan that's all it is having a plan and making certain that you execute to it yeah absolutely so it's tailormadebudgets.com is that correct that is correct and what is your Instagram hashtag it is also um, Taylor Made Budgets. And then on Twitter, it's Budgets by Erica. Um, and like I said, the seven day money challenge is where you can jump into seven days of videos with me to, you know, transform your finances in just a few moments per day and make certain that you have a little bit of progress. Awesome. That would be fun for us to try and report back on the yeah. seven day challenge. Absolutely. Yep. It'll be fun. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for uh, reaching out and chatting with us today. It was my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Have fun at your daughter's soccer game. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. 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 All right. She was awesome. I love talking to her. I thought she had a lot of good points that everybody can relate yeah. to in some way or another. And I think we, it's stuff like a lot of people know, but you just really don't like put it into like action you know what I mean you have to actually sit down and do it and I think meeting with someone like her could be really beneficial because then yeah. you're both on the same side about things you and your partner and or your well, kids yeah, I was gonna say even with the kids yeah putting it in like on paper and saying this is what your finances yeah. are gonna look like if you take you know, on student loans I almost, huge. I almost think every high schooler should have to meet with someone like her Absolutely. before going into college Maybe as parents, we make that happen. I, I've yeah. said I want my kid to do, like, you know, Dave Ramsey's another financial Yeah, guy. and she does kind of his route. Same type of thing. Yeah, yeah. someone mm -hmm. like that or some sort of course, I want my kids to do that when they're in high school because I wish I would have. I really, mm -hmm. it's literally when you are young like that, loans and stuff just are numbers. You don't yeah. think about having to carry that burden and pay it off. For well, years and years to come. And even with the loans, they give you money extra for living expenses. Yeah. I took all that because yeah. at the time I was like, this is great. Cool. Now money, like, free money. Oh, <laughs> I have to pay this back. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't think and about vehicles. it. And vehicles. Vehicles you don't realize, like, oh, it's a brand new vehicle. This is my payment every month, but for how long? And yeah. is it really like, worth it to spend that much on a vehicle? Mm -hmm. So, I definitely think that's an important thing for kids to learn before they take out those loans and yeah. regret it for the rest of their life. I agree. I feel like... As a group here, we should maybe try the seven-day challenge just so we can report back to yeah. our listeners and kind of let them know what we found and what the benefit of it was. Mm -hmm. That way it kind of gives them some insight into 
them maybe doing okay. it. Yeah, I'd be interested in trying it. I would be it. too. Yeah. I feel like I'd have to get Jake on, involved. That's the hard part, I feel I know. like. Sometimes the husband, like, you're not on the same page. Yes. And she talked about we have to be on the same page. Yeah. And I think that's where we struggle because I can save all day, but when Jake spends, and he doesn't spend crazy anymore, right. um, but I get jealous. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to spend a little bit too. But then when you have the opportunity to, you probably don't. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I don't. Uh, I'm like, oh, do I need to spend that? No. I buy a lot of, like, things from, for my son. That's different. You know, yeah, like, and I get you. excited by it, <laughs> Literally, though, you know? Um, almost every time I go to Target, I'm like, new clothes for the kids. Yeah. You know? I'm like, oh, they need this shirt. They need this dress. They I just bought shirts. him a new sheet set, you yeah. know, and a crib skirt, and I'm yeah. just so excited for it. Know what is um, really bad right now that a lot of websites have? It's called Afterpay. Oh, where you I've can split up that. the payments. What? Yeah. Yes. And there's no extra charge to it. So, like, for example, I just... And I don't <laughs> even care. I have not bought clothes for myself in forever. I spent, like, $150. That's forever, not that Forever21.com. Where they let you split it up into four payments. <laughs> so, that was, like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just spending, like, 40 bucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's every... Until next month. Until it's paid off. But, I don't know. I just feel like that's probably going to be a really big issue for people. Because yeah. they're like, oh, I only have to spend $40 today. Really? I don't have to spend the full 150 yeah. or whatever it is. But like, almost every website now has that. A lot of them, yeah. I have not seen that, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, only spend this much today. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know. That's it's evil. It, it is. is. Like, they make it sound like it's a good thing for you, but it's not. Yeah. They just want you to spend more. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. It's or it smart, makes you, though. it justifies buying something that's a little bit more expensive. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, oh. I really, do, I try not to spend money myself, but, like, I need new clothes. So, I'm like, whatever. That's not, like, $150 for 21 I got so much shit. Yeah. I literally got so much stuff, so I don't feel bad. Has yeah. it come yet? Yeah, it's a shirt. I was wondering. Sure. I was gonna say the shirt is so well, cute. Well, and I can't. I like it online too because I feel like online you can see your cart and you're like, okay, I don't need this, and you can say I want to keep it under one hundred fifty dollars. You know, when you're in the store, you just grab it and crap. True. True. But um, and I could not find a shirt. Like everything is crop tops. So finally, oh, a shirt that was like flowy and peasanty. <laughs> but, but I want it. You can shop online right. for clothes because oh, you have a body type that everything looks great on you. I cannot do that because I then cannot. I get it and I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? This uh, is yeah. terrible on me. I always read the reviews though because the reviews will say runs wow. kind of big, runs kind of small. Um, out of everything I got, I got a ton of shirts, skirts, dresses. Um, my the pants I got, I don't like. So oh. they were like. $12, though. Forever 21 and $12. Oh, man. $12 bank. So. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. I mean, that sucks, but big deal. Not too late to return. I know. <laughs> I Do you love it? <laughs> Put the tags off and everything, so. Uh, what was your treat yourself recently, Cassie? Oh, treat myself. Yeah, because Brittany bought clothes. You know what? what I did buy some new, new work clothes. Oh, okay. I did. So that was nice. To me, like, that's not really treating myself because it's work clothes, yeah. so I need it. Yeah. I feel like mine are work clothes because I take pictures of mine. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's true. It's work clothes. Yeah. <laughs> you can kind of... Write it up on the tax spray. Yeah. I don't do that. I'm terrified of getting, like, hit up by the IRS, so I'm right. very careful with that. I bought some new Ren skincare. Oh, did you? I, I couldn't help myself, you guys. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What'd you get? I got the Acne Starter Kit. Okay. And it has like a face wash, um, like a, a gel, and then a mask. That's, you should tell, um, what's her face? You should tell her that you got some st- more stuff. Yeah, I asked her about, because um, it was out of stock for a little bit. So oh. I asked her like when she, it would be back, but I didn't hear back from her. 
Um, but I went and bought it because, I mean, it was like 65 that, bucks. That's skincare, though. That's, you know. But I haven't treated myself to good skincare in a while. I consider that a treat, too, because I wouldn't usually no. like, treat myself. I also bought their, like, tonic, I think it is. It has a little bit of salicylic acid in it, and it's supposed to use it every day. Mm. Like, it's like, like what, what is it called? Like a toner. Mm. Oh, okay. But it's, but it's like a resurfacing toner. and Let mm. us know how you like it. I will. Yeah. Um, I also, I'm bad about getting coffee every day. This is five eighty five. I was for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because it's oh, like mom life. Uh-huh. You, need, you need coffee. That's like my one thing a day. I feel like I don't like, I, I get out of the house, but sometimes I stay at home all day. So yeah. I'm like, I can like get dressed, get in my car, go get a coffee, treat myself. Yeah. So that's like my one thing. I usually get some sort of a drink during the day. Yeah. While I'm out and about. However, I will say, like, a couple months ago, I treated myself to a new straight uh, flat iron, and it was, like, a hundred bucks for this flat yeah. iron, and, yeah. like, Ryan, of course, the guy who loves spending money, was like, do you need to spend a hundred dollars on a flat iron? And I was like, yes, I do. And you use it every day. It. It's going to last you forever, yeah. yeah. And you have to get a good flat iron, because yes. that can damage your hair if you don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, worth it. Yeah, yep. totally. Totally worth, worth it. it. Yeah, there's some things it's like, treat yourself. Yeah. yeah. I want it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that my receipts look like phone numbers. Like, Can you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine that lifestyle? I'm like, what point? Like, I always wonder, like, what point do you tell yourself no? Like, there's a, I saw a video of Kim Kardashian look at some expensive shoe store, and she, like, picked up a pair of shoes and looked at the price and put it down. Like, did she really have to look at the price? I you know, know what I mean? That's a good point. Like, yeah. when do you look at price tag? Like, what point do you say, oh, I, I shouldn't buy that? You know what I mean? When you have that much money. I don't think they do. Unless it's, like, a yacht or a jet. But you also hear about, like, Lady Gaga was, um, like, millions of dollars in debt even after what? her. Yeah, that was on, like, on the headlines recently when her first record went, like, that first record that came out that did really well. Oh. Uh, it ended up being where she was, um... Like millions of dollars in debt. Jeez. Wow. I don't know how. I didn't look too far into it. That's, like that's one million dollars. Like my, I would be set for the rest of my life. That's how I buy a house. Yeah. Like I would probably still work, but I would just retire young. Because yeah. I had my retirement money. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Because you could put more into your four hundred one k. Because you don't pay a mortgage. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm like, just $1 million. Just $1 million. <laughs> You know what I think about the people who have billions of dollars? I was like, what if you just gave, like, a billion people, one million dollars. Oh, yeah. I think about that shit all the time. Like, what what would happen? Yeah. That's why I got so mad when um all those billionaires were putting money into that church. Um, to oh, re- the Notre Oh, Notre yes, Dame. the one that fell down. Like, they could literally solve world, world hunger. hunger, pretty much. I know. But yet, they're putting it into rebuilding. Like, I understand, like, it's sentimental and stuff, but that made me so angry. But what about the people who are starving and all right. the children yeah. that are hungry? And yes. homeless. And homeless. Build yeah. a homeless shelter instead of a church. Yeah, oh makes me. I so hate angry. to sound like insensitive. Oh no, it's a it's huge. I think about all the time. I think everyone agrees that like, that was yeah. pretty dumb. ridiculous. Yeah, so dumb. If I had a ton of money, I would have to do something good with yeah. it. I don't think I could live with yeah. myself with just. Oh, I, I would look forward to doing that. I would love to help people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wish I could be like, here, you're struggling. Like, let me help you and like yes. take that stress off of your life. Yes, yes. totally. Like, reach out to single moms, like, here, here's a new car. Or something, you know what I mean? Stuff like oh little God, things like that. We would be Ellen we times could, three. Oh, oh, my gosh. Maybe we will be. Yes. Mom-worthy. We, <laughs> we could be Ellen, but the mom-worthy moms. And yes. we go around and help moms and kids. Yes. We can team up with Ellen. 
Oh my, Ellen, we love you. <laughs> we'll take her spot. I think she's retiring soon, so we can take her. <laughs> we'll take her we can fill in, man. Mentor us, Ellen. <laughs> we got this. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed listening to Erica today, and and we hope you learned a few things, and maybe you can. Hit her up if you need some financial help or take her seven-day course, which we're going to do, and we'll report back and let you know how we liked it. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.